Welcome to the Be A Smart Woman podcast. Everyone has their own story to tell, and you never know what impact your story might have on someone else's life. This is the foundation of the Be A Smart Woman movement. Our movement seeks to empower women through the sharing of their journeys with other women. Sometimes we don't even realize the lessons that our stories hold until we share them with others. I am Claire Faithful, founder of Be A Smart Woman. And it is my hope and dream that this podcast will illuminate personal lessons for you, the way listening to other women's stories has inspired me for years. We are so glad you are here. Let's enjoy this journey together. here today for round two of our fermented foods discussion with Meg Chamberlain, owner of Fermenti Foods. You'll definitely want to grab pen and paper for this one as it's packed full of information. We'll be discussing the best ways to add these fabulous foods into your diet. A little hint, it is different than you might expect. Listen in, first we talk recipe ideas and share some great tips for getting even your pickiest eaters to love them. Meg talks about her personal journey of losing nearly 200 pounds by healing her gut with ferments and intermittent fasting. Please keep in mind that we are sharing personal stories. We are not doctors, nor do we play one here on the internet. So make sure you check with your doctor for any health concerns you might have. After the show, we'd love to invite you to join us with Meg in our private online forum for further conversations around this podcast. You can find the link of our website or simply do a Facebook search for Be A Smart Woman online community. Wow, everyone, welcome back to our fabulous show. I am so excited that we are going to be doing a part two with the wonderful Meg Chamberlain um, because I feel like we just touched the surface and I was so excited about our first podcast. I felt like I just had to pull her right back in and let's get some more questions answered and let's understand on a deeper level because I got such amazing response from you guys and you all were asking about knowing more and understanding more. So here we are. We have the wonderful Meg Chamberlain. Hey, Meg. Welcome Hi. to our show again. Um, I am super excited um, that you're here because after our first podcast together, I just felt that there were, you know, I felt like we just touched the surface and there was so many questions that I had and I feel like even this one is just going to be a bit more of that um, because there's so much I'm realizing to gut health and to our general well-being and where fermented food plays a role in that. So uh, I guess my my question to you was would be on another level or a slightly deeper level and um, what is it that we need to know about Fermented foods, like how can we add this into our diet? Are there simple techniques we can add 
fermented foods into our diet. You know, in the last podcast, we talked about where we could buy different fermented foods and the types, but I just wondered if you could talk a little bit more about that. Yes, actually, there's, and thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure. Uh, there are four things that you really want to have, uh, you want to touch on uh, in regards to fermented food and consumption. Mm. Is The first one is when you go to incorporate these in, realistically into your everyday diet, um, again, diversity is key. Um, obviously, Picking a ferment that you are going to want to consume is mm. very important. I know a lot of people will buy something because it's good for them, but then they don't eat it, and that's not good for them because they're just sitting <laughs> Yeah, in uh, that's me. I go, oh, I'm going to try that, and then I taste one little get it home, and I go, yeah, not, and then I don't do it. Yes. I don't. And you are in very good company. There's lots of us that do that, uh, myself included sometimes. So one, um, one of the, the first of the four things that I recommend when you are looking at adapting your diet with fermented foods is you want to double your servings of fermented foods to start. So in, in the first podcast, we talked about the initial four to six weeks and how as when you start to consume them regularly, the the soluble fiber takes the lactic bacteria down into your large and small intestines and they will attach themselves to the impactions. Like if you have leaky gut or ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, it will attach to the impactions and layer by layer, the soluble fiber is really the vehicle that, that helps remove those impactions from your system. So to start, if you're craving or your initial idea is to eat, you know, maybe a palmful, maybe initially have two palmfuls. Oh, so you're talking about a palm, uh, like the palm of our hand, you mm -hmm. take a palmful of um, fermented food. Like we, we were talking about sauerkraut because I guess that's what everyone knows the name of sauerkraut. But so you'd put that in the palm of your hand, but you would do two to start. Yes. Um, so you'd actually have more in the beginning? A little bit more in the beginning. Okay. Um, so that's anywhere from an eighth to a quarter of a cup. So you might be choosing to eat a half a cup or so with every meal um, to start four to six weeks. I do recommend that um, you're aware that you can overdo it. Um like, if you were to sit down, because I have people that are like, oh my gosh, your kimchi is so delicious. I just sat down and I ate a whole jar. Help. Am I oh. going to be okay? <laughs> and the answer is yes, you're going to be just fine. But you might have a little diarrhea the next day because of the amount that you've consumed. Okay. So I do recommend to try to maybe only eat half a jar um, if you have that compulsion. But again, I always, above all, recommend to follow your gut because our guts are never wrong. Well, I just love that saying, follow your gut, listen to your gut. And we're talking about the gut and healing the gut. And yet we have to listen to it in the context of even how much fermented food we put in our gut. Yes. And also giving yourself permission to let go of our our minds, like because our egos and, and our brains very much think that they know what's best. And if we give ourselves permission to deepen into our physical beings, mm. um, that is really how we 
go with our true intuition and our gut. So a lot of people, when they're like, oh, I just intuitively did it. No, they put together a series of logical fallacies that led them to do something that may... Yeah. Well, you know, I, I really kind of, you know, it's just making me think about how, you know, people say to us, you know, listen to your gut mm-hmm. for your like intuition or your guidance. But I guess if your gut isn't healthy, yes, then maybe you're not going to be able to listen to your gut so well. And that's part of the healing journey that we are all on in this day and age. So and it is a give and take. There is a back and forth. Um, but over time, you will learn to understand what is your ego-based, I'm going to do what, you know, Maggie wants to do versus Maggie's gut being like, girl, we need this. <laughs> so, Well, um, I know, and that's the thing is how do we know what we need and how much do we, well, you're saying how much we should take to start with. And how does that go on? Like, do we take like half a cup of, say, uh, fermented foods in the beginning but how do we take it for a week two weeks i mean like had again i recommend the four to six week period four to six is, weeks you do that pretty with, good guideline with every single meal i do i also recommend that you uh consume cruciferous vegetables living raw mm. at the same raw time vegetables like mm-hmm. i mean you're talking about like raw broccoli or cauliflower carrots Lettuces, or you can have lettuce all, like lettuce salads sorts of leafy beets. greens Mm-hmm, I love kale. I love making mm-hmm. fabulous kale salad. That's so with little delicious. lemon and little olive oil on it and black pepper. Yeah. One of my favorites. You can even use uh, the brine from ferments as like a salad dressing. Oh, cool! So you have then that's another application is probiotic rich salad dressings. You just replace the vinegar with the brine. That's probiotic rich. Oh, um, but Ooh, we'll I'm going to do that, and we'll get more into that in a minute. But okay. The, um, when you when you consume the plant fiber with the the fermented food, it um, helps go in and release those impactions over over time, layers and layers. Um, but you want to eat at least uh, two times the volume of fresh to ferment. So if you're having a salad. Maybe have, like, you can press the leaves to two handfuls of salad leaves or greens and then one handful of ferment. Oh, wow. So, so like, ratio. okay, so two, like, so they say two cups of vegetables, one cup of fermenti. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then on top of that, um, the last thing to remember is as you are, because ideally what you're trying to do here is to clean up your system, correct? Right. You're trying to undo a lot of a lifetime's worth of quote unquote damage or dis ease that's within our system. So to do that, and I know this might seem really impossible and it feels like it at times, but to achieve optimal results, you ideally would remove sugars like um, refined sugars and refined processed wheats uh, and flours from your diet as well. Okay. Um, so like, so in other words, if we really want to heal our gut, we, and you have to stop doing the bad things that got you where you are. Okay. Which is eating the refined sugars and flours. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and in a way, let's think about that. I mean, like we kind of all are becoming aware now that refined sugars and flowers and things that are white are not great for us. Well, agreed. And, and they tend to cause inflammation, which is another concern of leaky gut is, you know, your your tissue is inflamed. 
So if you remove the factors that are causing the inflammation, healing can take place much, much more effectively. Okay. So you're not continually causing a problem while you're trying to fix a problem. Right. So yeah. in other words, you could be taking the fermented foods, which will be helping you. But then if you're eating tons of sugar, well, you're kind of going to be mm. counter. It's like not really going to fully help you, is it? It might do a little bit of good, but it's not really going to help you heal. It's not going to get you where you really want to be. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I, I just um, experientially, I after the birth of my daughter, I postpartum hit me like a brick. So... I emotionally ate and went from 165 to 345 Wow. That's hard to imagine, everyone. And so I'm sitting in front of her, and she's just like this very smart, beautiful woman. But um, (laughs) I can't even imagine that. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take what you're saying as truth. But (laughs) (laughs) she looks amazing, everyone. Thank you. And I, I mean, I do have photos because I don't even believe it but the the exciting thing about that was is in my life I learned you know it was part of my healing journey was I had to go to that point to then pull back from that point because one day I looked in the mirror and I looked at my beautiful daughter and I was like you know I'm pre-diabetic I'm probably inflaming my Crohn's every tissue in my body is inflamed I'm unhappy with myself. I'm being jaded in my daily interactions because I'm unhappy with myself, because I don't have the love I need inside of myself for myself, obviously because I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, I can't have that love then for my daughter or my family. So I had a really big moment where I had to um, make a decision to heal. And in doing that, I revisited the fermented foods because I, by that time we had been fermenting on the homestead and, you know, and I had been eating kimchi and stuff off and on, Mm. but it wasn't something that I really took seriously in a way to change my reality. And I changed my reality over 18 to 22 months. It didn't happen overnight and it's not supposed to, but what? Oh, so it's, so this is a process. It takes time. And be patient with yourself, and you have to be loving with yourself because it's not easy. Um, But I, through intermittent fasting, which was choosing to eat within a four-hour period every day, I didn't eat before that four hours or after. I could consume uh, beverages. Like, I didn't do just a water fast in between. Like, I would have coffee or I would go to jail because I would, you know, get in trouble. (laughs) So I, I gave myself my caffeine and, and I would, you know, have, um, you know, teas and things like that. But um, I restricted the, the consumption of the food that I was eating within that four hour period. And the ideology behind that is to give your system a break. Yeah, I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. I have actually listened to other people talking about this, like this concept of fasting where you eat. Like I what I've heard is like you... Maybe you eat for like an eight-hour period or a seven-hour period or something or six hours. I haven't heard four hours. This is the first time I've heard four hours. And that's hours. a little extreme. Yeah, but so so maybe not everyone um, in the audience could could fathom only eating for four hours. So could you stretch it like a little bit longer? You maybe? can. Six hours can work. But six hours. I find for me and for my 
physiology yeah. four hours was the most effective. And if you think about it, a lot of us are so busy running around doing our day that we forget to eat lunch anyway. No, so. I do that. I do that a lot where all of a sudden I'll go, oh, my God, it's 3.30 in the afternoon. I've had my I don't drink coffee, but I've had my tea and maybe I've grabbed like a little tiny couple of strawberries or something or half a food bar. But I haven't really eaten because mm-hmm. I don't actually call that eating. That's just and that's it. And I go, oh, my God. I ha-, and I go, oh, my God. It's And all of a sudden I get to five o'clock and I think I have to eat now. Like mm-hmm. I can feel that my sugar level is like starting to drop. So I'll make myself food. But honestly, you're right. After I've eaten this fabulous meal, I don't think about food again. Yes. If I can get to the 3.30, but I have to be busy because if I'm not, if I'm having a quiet day, that's when I kind of think, oh, let me make breakfast and, oh, let me have some lunch because I have time. Yes. Now, then you're taking the food into more of a um, activity mm. versus a sustenance. Okay. Um, now, I will say that something that did help me considerably was as I, and, and it didn't happen overnight, it, it, I started at six hours and then went down to four eventually, but one of the things that helped me was I would get these horrible hunger pains and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die if I don't eat right now, I need to eat right now. And I would make myself stop and I would really drop into my body and think about it and be like, okay, Meg, are you tired? Are you really hungry or are you just thirsty? Right. So then I would drink water. I'd drink eight to 16 ounces of water. And nine times out of 10, I wouldn't think about it again. Um, so I found that a lot of the times when I think that I'm hungry, I'm truly dehydrated. Or that my body oh. is my body's way of telling me to consume some sort of, of liquid. So, wow, that's great information. And that's just, again, experiential data. But that's what I've learned. And then... Um, and then I paired this fasting technique with fermented foods. So during that four hours, I would eat, you know, an eighth of a cup of kimchi and, you know, a quarter cup of salsa that's fermented and a few dilly beans that were fermented and then a few uh, preserved lemon peels on top of a salad that I was eating. And, and I would consume ultimately the right amount but I did it through diversity, through choosing to consume them more as condiments right. versus being setting down a jar of sauerkraut on the table and being like, mentally, I have to consume half of this <laughs> to da-da-da. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. I can't no imagine way. many people wanting to do that. <laughs> I make it for a living, and I don't even want to do that. So don't you don't have to make this torturous. The point of food, I believe, is to... Um, enjoy life and enjoy the flavors and spice and creativity of life so don't you're not here to punish yourself and that's why I think a lot of diets quote-unquote fail is because you come from the the perspective of oh I've been bad I have to punish myself to be good um and that is not sustainable no it's not I agree with you and who wants to be punished no one but I, but, but I think as humans like as individuals it's very easy for us to self-punish I think that's one of the the things I see, especially for women, that we do a lot, where we we beat ourselves up. Well, culturally, we're shamed, and we're taught to shame each other. It was a way that we kept each other in check as women. And I believe if we are going to be smart women and take care of one another as we're meant to do, we can't fall into that shaming category. Because 
again, we're not only just shaming somebody else, but we are hurting ourselves by perpetuating these outdated, you know, social tools to right. keep us, quote unquote, you know, with our, our legs crossed and our mouths shut. <laughs> um, we as women are not meant, in my belief, to uh, be hobbled like that. Oh, I love that word. Yeah. I there's a saying and, and please forgive me the the source is eluding me but it's when uh when when women wake up mountains move. And being here in the mountains and being around so many women that wake up stuff's moving. Like we are making an effective change and when we stand up and we make the conscious choice and give ourselves permission to be the change we want to see and thusly support the women around us to be the change they want to see, that's when community comes together and we can stand together as women. I know. And that, I mean, I mean, this is a little side note, everyone, but that is really what, for me, Be A Smart Woman is all about, is bringing women together in community to share together, like we're sharing about fermented foods. And this is giving me so much personal helpful information it's like you have this gift and now you're sharing it with me of which now I get we get to personally the two of us share it with all the people that choose to listen to this fabulous podcast and and I think and then they can share that with their friends and that and their women friends and this is how this can spread and, and then we get healthier so we can be because I think women are powerhouses I think we can move mountains um, but we also need our strength and our health. And I think that's one of, even for me with the project, this project, I realize, you know, I have to go to bed a little earlier. I'm getting up earlier. I have to be more mindful of how I'm feeding my body because I need the energy to do all the things that it takes to put this podcast on, which is a lot and it's fun, but it, but I realize I need the energy. I just can't be doing like the, some of the things that I used to do before I have to and so I think the fermented foods is and healing your gut I you know because I think isn't your gut about your energy because it's the like if I think about it from color it's the center it's the core mm -hmm. and I guess if that's healthy then we have more vibrance agreed and there's a lot of data that's being um brought out now in the scientific community about how the gut is our second mind mm. where and it's even being argued that it is our primary mind um, and that our intellectual brain is not really as smart as we like to think that it is. And that, um, you know, getting back to the visceral nature, because, you know, as a species before we cultivized, you know, or, cult you know, um, civilized everything around us, you know, it, we would have an altercation you know, let's say with a wild boar and we had run for our lives, well, you know, um, physi physiologically, we would have to then shake that off. Like, right. a, like a deer in the wild, they'll shake things off. And, you know, and through becomes, becoming civilized, we don't allow ourselves to do the things we need to let go of emotional traumas. And as women in particular, we tend to push things down into our, our solar plexus and our, our womb areas. Right. And that can cause a lot of dis-ease again. And so, you know, a lot of it for me has, has been, yes, fermented food and yes, intermittent fasting, but also 
giving myself permission to take the conscious choice to go into those things that I have been told and allowed myself to be told. And that's another thing is that we allow ourselves to be coerced and 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 then pulling these things up and looking them and and seeing if they serve me no and i think now the time is a lot that's what women are really doing is looking at where we've been kind of suppressed and sort of shut down that we have to live in this certain way and this is how it is and i think now we're starting to go well maybe i just don't want to do that and it's not about feminism and this whole women's lip thing burn your bras of the 60s i this Maybe that was the beginning of that movement, but I think now we're in a different time. It's about women really being empowered and and being smart and going, how do I take care of myself? How do I take care of my, my health? How do I take care of my family? How do I take care of my friendships? How do I nurture healthy friendships in life where we care about each other as women instead of attacking each other, which is was easy. the MO. And I feel like that was a setup in cult- the culture too but that's another topic but i did but it did make me think about something which is okay so we have our little children how do we how do we introduce fermented foods to young children because you know how picky they can be and i'm figuring it would be good for children to have fermented foods too it is and the one of the things that, that i find so fascinating um specifically like at markets at my booth is kids will come up and they will want to try something and more often than not a parent will come up and be like oh you don't like that you don't want that oh really yeah and so so the so so the child may be intrigued or interested because natural curiosity yeah and uh, and and nine times out of ten we through behavioral patterning we help our kids be picky a lot of times. Um, So it's so interesting when I find a parent that is willing to let their child consume anything. And of course I always ask permission, you know, you always ask permission, but um, you know, these kids will like, they'll eat the beets or they'll eat the kimchi or they'll eat. I even had one eat the hot sauce. Our pickles are a huge hit with kids of all ages and it's so fascinating because these these children, in fact, at market, some of the other market kids will every week come to my booth. I want pickle juice. I want pickle juice. I want pickles. Can I have like, some? So something about them that, that innately they know this is good for them. Yes. So they're drawn to it. Yeah. It's like uh, um, even animals, like uh, dogs will come to mm-hmm. my booth. And I always have a little dog dish where I put some. Oh, so you crow. can give. This yes. to animals too? Yes. Woohoo, I'm going to give this to my dog. Oh, yay. Oh, and yay. Her, Poor Monty. <laughs> his, his quality of life will improve. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. It, it is exciting. And so what's so neat is that um, when we don't have those filters, so many of us do gravitate. But, you know, and, and it's really funny even with the adults that are very much in those patterns of restriction, self-restriction, they'll come to my booth and I'm I've gotten quite good at at being like, you know, you know, don't come to my booth and 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 bring that here. You just 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 try it. Look, I got a spit bucket. I don't look. If you don't like it, no harm, no foul. But give it a shot. It's free to try. And nine times out of ten, people will try it, and they'll be like, oh. Well, I I actually like that. Well, well like oh. they weren't expecting it. Yeah, they because they it had was... a preconceived 
Well, idea. well, I actually did have that when I came to your booth all it those years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> and who would have thought we'd be doing this podcast together years later? But uh, that's really what happened to me. I came up. My husband was saying, you've got to come and meet this lady, Meg. She's awesome. And I went, oh, but I don't like that stuff. I literally was like that. Oh, I don't know. And I, and I went, okay, I'll come and look. And I remember, I'm sure, saying to you, I really don't like this stuff. Oh, you were very clear. Yeah, I was very clear. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said, but I have this one that I think you might like. Would you be willing to try it? And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I have to say, I did. Everyone, I got this little cup and I put a little bit in my mouth and I went, oh, oh, that's not so bad. And you know what? I thought it was going to taste like pickles. Like, you know, when you go to restaurants and they, you know, you get the burger and the French fries and they always have to give you one of these big, horrible old pickles. I just think they're so disgusting. So I've always had that picture in my mind that that's what fermented foods was. And I was so wrong, everyone. It was it's completely different. And that's where I'd like to get into speaking really quickly about how to eat fermented foods because they're not always what we conceive them to be and their application is wide and diverse right i have um the incredibly talented chef jay medford at dope donuts uh in Asheville. he is a donut genius and he has agreed to work with me and we play you mean you can eat donuts yes you can oh my god okay everyone now we're reaching a whole new level here donuts with fermented foods oh yay oh yay So on one note, again, you're not supposed to eat the wheat and sugar, but on the realistic note, if I can have a donut, no, I'm getting some probiotics, I'm rocking that. So it was a a life goal for me to be able to marry the two. And he has agreed to play with, I'll make all kinds of fermented things like dragon fruit or preserved lemons, or he'll take hot sauce that I make or um, pumpkin that's been fermented. And he makes these probiotic rich glazes for the donuts oh my god how wonderful it is and i've also been working with hop ice cream they've made probiotic rich ice cream not just regular ice cream but vegan ice cream so the the application process is and this is something that then i guess you can give your kids yes so here you go timmy or mary you may have this probiotic rich donut and yeah it's your one donut week treat thing but you know at least they're getting something of value within it and and can you give um kids like say for instance when they have their dinner you know because kids don't always eat the same as us especially when they're young they're pretty fussy well i because you just give them a little bit of the uh fermented food on the on the the, on their plate and recommend that they I always I do that with my daughter. Um, I always put a little bit, and I'll sneak it places. I have I do this game where I say find the ferment, Um, and so I've done things where like I've put um, sauerkraut in tuna salad, oh, or egg salad, or chicken salad, or tofu salad, whatever the the medium is. I've also taken um, like we do probiotic rich dehydrated seasonings and kraut flours. I will either take those or brines, and instead of making water with my hummus, I'll put brines. And so you can have probiotic-rich hummus or guacamole. Right. Um, I like to also, like for my daughter's birthday, I have a lot of health-conscious mama friends. And so for the cupcake, what I like to do is I will take 
a cup of sauerkraut and put it in uh, the cupcake mix mm. because yes I am human and I use a cupcake mix yeah I know because that's so. the thing we're all gonna have we're like busy. but we're all gonna have sometimes yummy things that yes. we're, we're the, and I think that's the point here as well it's that we can be healthy and we can eat like good foods but at the same time we can still have some of our yummy treats because I think in life we have to have a little bit of yummy too I, mean, not, not, I think all food is yummy personally but sometimes there's nothing like having I don't know, a great cupcake. And if you don't have that yummy, your overall dedication to being healthy is not going to be sustainable. Okay. I mean, realistically, like maybe once a month you need that cupcake or that donut, but you can put kraut in the batter. And yes, when it's baked, it loses the probiotics, but you're still getting that soluble fiber okay. and vitamins and minerals. Now to get the probiotics, I take the brine from the beets and ginger and I mix it in the icing. Oh, wow. And I put that on the cupcake. So wow. from beginning to end, top to bottom, you have fermented foods acting in an everyday item that you wouldn't normally perceive them in. Um, a lot of people will put, um, you know, of course, obviously ferments as, you know, a topping to a sandwich like a Reuben or kimchi on a grilled cheese or... Um, salad topping with the beets and ginger. You know, those are all pretty obvious applications. Okay. Um, a lot of times I like to use the brines in things like smoothies um, or the hot sauce in things like Bloody Marys. If you're going to have a Bloody Mary, you can take fermented hot sauce and put it right in. You can put fermented tomatoes as the base of your oh, Bloody wow. Mary. I do a preserved lemon where a friend of mine... Uh, like every month she has a get together with her friends and she'll take my preserved lemons and puree them up with uh, tequila and ice. And she makes frozen fermented lemon margaritas. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. So the application is as diverse as you want to take it um, and as much fun as you want to have culinarily. Right. So it can be anything from just putting a little kimchi on pan fried potatoes next to your filet mignon. Or it can be a freaking cupcake. Wow. Now, I know that none of us knew any of this. Now, do you have like um, like a book or anything yet that we can find out some of these ideas? Because, I mean, the obviously it sounds very simple, but I know how we all are, girls. We like to have something we can look at, a, a recipe or something visual so that we can you know, be told, do A, B, C, and D, and this is what you can do to create it. I know that I would like that. Well, right now I am working on a recipe book. Okay. It is about a third done. Um, I just have to find 36 hours and 24. But I, <laughs> but it is in the works, ladies. Yay! It is coming. Um, in the meantime, I do have a free YouTube channel at Fermenti Mountain um, where I talk about how mostly how to make but I will be branching this summer into how to consume realistically these foods, like serving suggestions. And then sometimes on like my Instagram or Facebook, I'll throw things out like, hey, I just had this to eat and look how I use okay, it. Okay, so there's ways that we can find out more about your, some of your different ideas and creative ways of, of eating like basically fun foods with which have healthy aspect to them even though they're fun because yeah. I really like that I think that you know in this day and age 
not everyone wants to be 100% healthy. Like vegetables and fruit and, uh, you know, nothing else. Well, life is short. Right. And you should enjoy it. But, again, there's ways to do both. Like uh, last night I took, uh, we had some strawberries left in our garden. Mm. And I sliced them and I put a teaspoon of our hot sauce and mixed it in. And then I pan fried some tempeh which is a fermented... Yeah, I love tempeh. And uh, I put the the hot sauce berries on top on a bed of beet greens, and it was insanely delicious. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a good... Oh, I'm going to try that one. Oh, my God, there is so much. I mean, <clears throat> I just am so excited. But I think now we have to wrap it up. We've we've come to the end of our of our podcast today, and... Um, but. Maybe Meg will come back again another day and grace us with a few more tips or some ideas because I just feel like this is like something so important for us as women to really know for ourselves and for our children and for our significant other or however that is in our world. Um, Anyway, I just think you are so awesome. And thank you so much for coming back on our show and sharing some more of your wisdom. I mean... I love it. I appreciate you having me, and I'll leave you with a final quote. Okay. Fermenters do it longer. All right. Bye, everyone. Meg, you are so inspiring. I could continue picking your brain for hours. Anna just might. We are thrilled to announce that Meg will be our very first podcast guest that we feature on our brand new Facebook online community. We do hope you'll join us there. The link to that group and to all Meg's contact information is on our website, beasmartwoman.com. Thank you for tuning in today. And remember, when women wake up, mountains move. Women are powerhouses and the Be A Smart Woman team is committed to sharing stories like these that will support us all along our journey. That wraps up our Be A Smart Woman podcast for today. I hope that you discovered something about yourself during today's podcast, as I truly believe we can learn something from everyone we meet. If you like what you heard today, I invite you to subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to have you in our Be A Smart Woman family. You can also follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you've got questions or think you have a story to share, you can find our contact information at beasmartwoman.com. Thank you for listening and see you next time.